Perfect. All right, y'all. So today is our first episode of interviews and getting with other brethren, other ministers in the body of Christ that are teaching the word in season. Everybody's not teaching the word in season, but there's some that are. And God has a remnant right now that he's actually raising up to bring the church back to holiness, to keep us separate from the world, keep us cleansed. The Bible says that Jesus is going to come back for a church without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. That means that our lives have to be an example of Christ. We have to be holy. God says, I am holy, so you be holy. And that our example was Christ. And even the disciples and the apostles afterwards, that's our example. So welcome, Brother Derek Hallett. He is, he is a minister. He's ministering out of uh, Oregon, right, Brother Derek? You're out of Oregon. I think he froze you for still with me. Yep, okay. still with you. Yep. Okay. Yeah, brother Derek, you are you are in uh you're ministering out of Oregon. You are head of uh Sound the Trumpet Ministries. Yep, that is correct. Yeah, originally um come from Brooklyn, New York, you know, born and raised. Uh came out here about the age of 32, you know, and it was really around that time that I found the Lord, and you know, he's been with me ever since. So you know, from there, he put me in the ministry, put me through Bible studies, introduced me to other pastors and, you know, some online, someone, per, you know, in person. And they definitely helped me in my walk. So when I got started in ministry, you know, I had learned so much at that point. But it's been a journey ever since, bro. And I'm really glad to be, you know, where I am right now and, and gaining more in the Lord every day. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And uh, do you want to share with, with those watching, when do you teach, what days you teach, at what times, so they can log on to what you're doing as well through Facebook and your Rumble channel? I think uh, Brother Derek froze, but he'll come back. He'll get back to us. I also teach Sundays at 4.05 p.m. Pacific time okay. and 7.05 p.m. Eastern time. So. Okay. I think I missed the uh, I missed the other two days. We missed the other two days because you froze a bit. Okay. Um. Uh. Tuesday it's five thirty-five p.m. Pacific time, eight thirty-five p.m. Eastern time. So okay. yeah. All right. And then Thursday. Um. Thursday I don't teach. It's Sunday at seven o five p.m. Okay. Um. Pacific time. I mean, uh, Eastern time and four o five p.m. Pacific time. Okay. Great. And that's on Rumble. You're on Rumble and. Yes. I'm on Rumble, um, yeah, uh, Sound of Trumpet Ministries, soundoftrumpetministries.com. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. So, yeah, uh, just for everybody tuning in, you know, Brother Derek's a good brother of mine. He's also part of our accountability board. Um, you know, we, as a ministry, we also bounce things off of him. And, you know, it's good to get counsel as men of God. We can't do this by ourselves. No matter what position God has places in the body of Christ, we need each other. So um, I know Brother Derek well, and he knows the scriptures. So I just wanted to give him a, a give him also a time on our platform um, to talk about why the church, why worldliness has actually crept in the church. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, that's basically the question. That's the interview today. Worldliness in the church. How is it affecting us? How is it affecting the body collectively? Yeah, you know, what I really think is going on, bro, honestly, is, 
you know, Jesus says that we are the light of the world. He said that we are the salt, which is his preservative. Yeah. And I think with the way society has become today, you know, a lot of people are looking for financial gain and things like that. And, you know, that's something that the church, we all run on money. We're a part of the system, but we're not of the system. But I think what draws a lot of people in that direction is they lose sight on why they even became a minister or preacher to begin with. And you see, and, and, and it trickles from the top all the way down. So yes, we definitely need avenues to reach the world. But when we go as far as to forget the model and the makeup that Jesus Christ gave us, then man, we can find ourselves in some foreign territory trying to use means and ways that the Lord never really intended for us to do. And instead of becoming, you know, shepherds and leaders or that peculiar people that lead people to the Lord, what you find is a lot of, you know, uh, things that have more to do with, you know, trying to be a celebrity, you know, trying to be a big shot. And church in so many ways is our desire to be like the world, you know, and when you look back in the days of the apostles, man, they never tried to be like the world to win the world. They were a separate people. They might have gone to different places. And I also think the message is instead of us going out, you know, we tell people to come in. So I think that's a major problem, man, with, you know, uh, worldliness and everything else. It's do we really desire to be like Jesus or do we really desire to build our own kingdom and be like the world? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's sad. It's sad when we see that there's no distinction from the world and the church, the body of Christ. Um, like you referred, you referred before that in the early church, they knew people knew when the apostles were on the scene or people that were really following Jesus were in their area. They were a different kind of people. They were a peculiar people that were set apart. They spoke differently. They acted differently. They were not they were not of the same population. They didn't, they didn't uh, operate the same way, but now we, we have a, a, a church age and a, and a generation where, like you said, we're trying to be like the world to win them over, but the world is, is dry. There's really nothing in the world that is satisfying anyone. And I, I believe that we do have, we do have what really satisfies. And that is Christ. He's the, like you said, we are the light of the world. He's the light in us, and he's also the one that feeds our soul. And so many people are just caught up in between. What are you? What is? What is your take on how we're lacking church discipline, such as fornication, people practicing fornication in the church, shacking up, uh, you know, still homosexuality, um, even things on social media, people putting their eyes on social media on on women or men and, and thinking that they're not sinning, like. We have a whole plethora of new things because technology coming at Christians that they might just be saying that's not a big deal because I'm not in the act of it. I'm not fornicating or I'm not committing adultery. But like Jesus says, right, those who place their eyes on a woman and lust after her are already committing adultery in the heart. So what is your take on what's happening in the church with this type of these type of issues? Well, yeah, I mean, as far as the church is concerned, I mean, again, it, it does go back to the pulpit. You know, it goes back to what messages are being preached, because 
one thing that Jesus never preached or neither his apostles was an inclusive gospel that would be acceptable to all. And, you know, the Bible tells us definitely to come as we are and that the Lord would change us. But a lot of people forget about the change. There's a lot of people that don't understand true repentance. And most people, let's face it, learn how to be Christians because they watch what other Christians do. They're not really looking at the Lord. So I think, you know, there's not a lot of preaching from the word of God anymore, at least not in truth. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not encouraged by a lot of people to read the Bible themselves. And, you know, what we should really see as a man or woman of God has everything to do with the character. And, and I think that that's where a lot of people are learning. So now you do have homosexuals saying, you know, that they're Christians and no one in the church is really speaking up against it. You know, you got a lot of fornication because a lot of leaders are fornicating and doing things. So, you know, they've tried to stay in the name of the Lord, giving it a bad name, you know, trying to, you know, just really bring a lot of stuff in that the Bible does not support. So I think what needs to be brought is the truth and repentance that people may be, may be able to receive it. What does Jesus really want? What are the conditions for being saved? That needs to be presented and there should be no compromise because once compromise creeps in, everything else goes out of whack. And when you look at a lot of preachers today, a lot of them are compromised and that causes sin to be able to creep in. Mm -hmm. So I think that a man of God truly has to be holy and not care what anyone thinks because he's there to please the Lord. So his fruit have got to be evident. His life has got to be right. And he's got to preach an uncompromising message that the people may be able to receive it. Amen. Amen, brother. I mean, that that right now is so far and few in between with churches and ministries where you don't even hear the word repentance. It's like a taboo word. But like, you know, I shared a couple of days ago, repentance was preached from the beginning of the gospel starting with John the Baptist, with Christ, with the apostles, with those that came after them, the early church, the Nicene fathers, all those guys afterwards that were discipled by them, they preach repentance. And if you didn't have the fruit of a Christian, they wouldn't even baptize you. They would say, you need to know Christ. We're going to keep discipling you and giving you the word. They would not even do it. Now, you know, we're dunking people in water because they said a prayer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you know and, and we got to be careful now more than ever because people you know it, it is a true surrender to follow jesus it is a true surrendering of oneself your ambition what you want in life to follow what the lord has said your life should be like um, and yeah you're gonna have to give up things that are pleasurable but you know what there's more pleasure in following jesus so Amen. Uh, and i think you're right about that because that's what the early church, people that were getting saved, they knew what they were getting into because the apostles, you know, the prophets, the, uh, you know, just the early church, they knew that they were a different people. You know, a lot of people didn't really question back then what they had to give up because they saw the lifestyle of what they were like. So they knew, okay, if I'm gonna be a Christian, I've got to change my life. And even the word Christian is not what they were called. It's what they became known mm -hmm. because they saw that they were like Jesus. Yep. There was something about them that reminded them of Jesus. But can we honestly say that today with what's going on with a lot of the churches? Yeah. You can't because the churches are acting just like the world. Or what you really find more than anything, bro, is hypocrisy. 
two, three, four different faces, depending on where you are. And no one's going to take that serious, man. Yep. Yep. Um, I remember um, they said that they were called Christians because it was like a derogatory name in Antioch. They were they were being downcasted on, you know, they're Christians. You know, that name was a derogatory name. And the Christians back then actually found that to be blessed. You know, they found that as a blessing to look, to be looked down upon the world because they were not like them. You know, we're, we're supposed to not be like the world. It has to be that much of a distinction where people can say, you guys are strange people because you don't do X, Y, and Z. So, I mean, what is your, what would, what would your, what would your advice be per se to somebody that says that they know Christ, that they believe in Jesus, that they believe in God, but yet still are doing the old things, the drinking, the going to bar lounges and getting twisted, shacking up, living with somebody that's not their wife or their husband, seeing things on the internet that are evil, basically embracing the things that the world embraces like nothing. What, what would your take be with somebody that says they that they believe in Christ, we believe in God, but they're still living like that. I mean, there's so many ways you could bring <laughs> that one, man. You know, I could call him a liar to start out, you know, but no, I mean, in order to reach someone, you definitely would want to ask them, are you really serious about salvation? Do you really have a heart for the Lord? Because what could be, and it's something that early in my walk, you know, I struggled with, you know, before growing in Christ was needing deliverance, you know, needing to be taken away from things. But, you know, I would definitely ask them, if you really want to be a Christian, man, you know, then this has got to be dropped. And of course, you would bring them to scripture. And I would just tell everybody, read first, John. If you think you're a Christian, read first, John, you know, uh, all five uh, chapters, because it really does bring you to a place of knowing whether or not you know the Lord. And John will tell you that there is no one who can say that, you know, you're in Christ and, and be in darkness. You can't even hate your brother, yeah. you know, in, in order to be saved. So that's where I would really begin in seeking and asking the person, do you really want to be a Christian? Yeah. You know, are you really willing to be set free? You know, and if so, then the person would have to undergo deliverance. And that's the whole point behind it. But um, I would basically, if they were still adamant about that they were saved and this and that, and, you know, after scripture, after trying to explain to them, then I would have to call them a liar. I would have to make it clear, brother, you're not saved. And I'm only telling you this out of love, because if you're saved, these are the conditions for walking with Jesus. Now, if you're struggling and you got a situation where you really desire to be free, which are many of the Christians we run into today, they, they know it's wrong, but they are bound up by demons, bound up by soul ties and sexual lust and all these things, then, then we would undergo deliverance. Then we'd be, you know, you counsel, you disciple someone like that, but you can't disciple someone that's willfully sinning. There's really no solution in that other than to try and counsel if they don't want, then, hey, man, you got to let them go to their devices. So that would be my advice. If you're really sincerely seeking God and you're out there struggling with sin or whatever it is that you're dealing with, then you really need to cry out to the Lord. You really need to ask God for these things to be removed. Because other than that, there's no way that you can embrace salvation 
if you're willing to remain in sin. You know, and that's the, that's the truth. So I don't okay. consider that a, a Christian when you are willfully sinning. That's impossible. And that's the difference. That's the difference from practicing to falling, right? The righteous fall seven times, they get back up, right? But then there's a practicing, right? Those that practice these things. And I think that we've missed that distinction, right? People say, well, I can still practice this and still be. And if you're, if you are a Christian, you're going to live like Christ, right? There's going to be some, some fruit in your life. So what is the difference from falling when the Bible says the righteous fall seven times and get back up, but then you're a practicing that we want to, we want to clear that up. And, and for everybody watching, you know, this is out of love. We, we care for you. We care for your soul, for your life, but sin is it, sin taints you. Sin will destroy your life. Even if it looks like it's not doing anything and it has doesn't have its effect right away, it will it will double back. The word of God says if you sow to the wind, you're going to reap the whirlwind. So, you know, you might sow something in it. It doesn't look as bad. But when you get it back, it's going to be like a tornado. And what do tornadoes do? They destroy. They lift houses up, explode them, destroy cars, destroy lives. So. This is why we're doing these these interviews, even why we're doing this message today, because if you're not understanding what practicing sin is and falling and you think that you can practice sin and still say, I believe in God and I still believe in Jesus, then you're deceiving yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's that's why we're doing this today. So, brother, brother Derek, like, you know, that willful, that practicing sin, mm -hmm. but then that falling that difference, what is that difference from what you learn, what you know from scripture? What is that practicing sinner to that one that's falling and stumbling? Well, when a Christian falls, they're falling from something. So, you know, when you look at it, it's the two paths that these individuals are on. Now, a Christian that falls automatically knows he's wrong, but he's on that path to righteousness. And a true Christian that falls will seek repentance. He runs to God. He pleads his cause. He asks for repentance to get back on track. So you see, he's still continuing on that high road, though he may fall seven times, you know, but he's continuing to go on that path. So he is a Christian, but though he may have some mistakes and situations that happen to him, but he's still striving. And I think God knows every heart as well, that if a Christian is really willing, okay, you didn't do that willfully, or yeah, you might've been tempted, but it's something that you learn from and you want to keep going. And you see that Christian, honestly, bro, is given up to justification. See, mm -hmm. once you have given your life to the Lord and your belief is on Jesus Christ and Jesus himself, you know, becomes your savior, the next move is for him to become your Lord. So while you're going through that, you are justified in terms of walking that path that what you do would be up under the blood, but it wouldn't be willful. It'll mm -hmm. be a situation that you ran into. You got a little angry. Lord, I went back to doing something I should not have done. But that person truly seeks repentance and wants to go on that path. But the other person that is sinning willfully is not on the path. They are justifying their own actions, not by the blood of Jesus or his righteousness, but they're on their own path. And they're believing that they are right, regardless of what changes they have not made. There's a huge difference there because one is I am striving to do better. 
I am walking with God, going through the process of sanctification to be perfected. You know, the Holy Spirit will begin to reveal things to you that you had never even known was sin. You see, but he also will give you the power to drop it and to move forward. But a person that is willfully sinning has not embraced salvation, has not embraced the person of Jesus Christ. So they think that they're okay when really they're not even up under the Lord. So that's the difference. It's the two paths, the two on. One is falling from a high position, but continuing to get back up and to strive in the right direction. But the other man is not even on the path, but will justify themselves. Matter of fact, I want to go to one place real quick, if you don't mind. Yep. Uh, I can let's put, see. It on, let's, put it on uh, the screen here. Okay. I want to go to Deuteronomy 29. I heard you quote it the other night, and I have uh, talked about it in the past. Okay. But, you know, this is one of the biggest things with a lot of, with the mentality of a lot of people uh, today. You said Deuteronomy 29, right? Yeah, Deuteronomy 29, and it says, let's see. Give me one second, Brother Derek. Okay. I'm get here with you right now. 29 verse what? Uh, let's look at verse uh, 19. This is where he's embracing the sinners and those who won't take the reproof of, uh, of God, pretty much. Okay, verse 19. Verse we, 19. Yep, let me just move us over. Okay, verse 19, here we go. Okay, and it says, and it came to pass when he heareth the words of this curse. So when you know that there are some things that are wrong in God and you keep going, mm -hmm. that he blessed himself in his heart saying, I shall have peace, though I walk in the imagination of mine heart to add drunkenness for thirst. And Amen. it says the Lord will not spare him, but then the anger of the Lord and his jealousy shall smoke against that man and all the curses that are written in this book shall lie upon him and the Lord shall blot out his name from under heaven. So we see that there's a big difference with, you know, a person that has really received repentance, mm -hmm. or chosen to repent and say, mm -hmm. no, Lord, I'm not right. I got things in me. David, the psalmist said, search me, oh God, search me and see if there be any wicked way in me. Mm -hmm. You see the other person, hey, I'll have peace in my heart. I'll walk in my own imagination, you know? Yeah. So that that's really the mindset between the two. I think that a person that is submitted to the Lord, he may make mistakes, but he's quick to repent and to not want to commit those things again and move forward. When yep. the other is justified, hey, I'm a Christian simply because I said so. Yep. There, there's, there's a conviction. There's um there's a woe when we do sin against the Lord, where we want to make that right. We don't want to hurt the Lord. We know that he's died for our sins and he's actually paid that ultimate price for us. And it's, we do feel that conviction. There has to be a conviction of sin in our lives when we do fall and when we do make mistakes and sin. Um, I believe it says in first John, right? When we confess our sins, right? He's faithful. We have a, a, an advocate in Jesus Christ. He's faithful and just right to forgive us our sins so he's talking about christians you know sinning but there's a confession and there's a forthcoming a contrite heart a contrition meaning a brokenness in the heart that you say you know what lord i failed you or i sinned against this person let me make that right um but if you don't have that in you 
and you are justifying yourself like what Brother Derek just read, it, that you're in a dangerous place because either your conscience is seared or you just don't have the Holy Ghost. It's one of the two. I believe that anybody with the Holy Spirit living in them, the Holy Spirit will reveal sin to them, like you said before. Yeah. And if you don't, then either you're seared, there's a seared conscience, or you have not received him yet. Mm -hmm. and, and you're just walking out the dictates of your heart and in religion. Um, what's your what's your take on, and you know, last question of the interview, what's your take on how we're dealing with worldliness right now as a body collectively? Because it's just everywhere. There's, it's just different parts, different pockets. How are we dealing with worldliness creeping into the to the body? I know Paul says a little leaven leavens the whole lump. And he was talking about sexual sins. And we see pornography really infiltrating a lot of different churches, ministries. Obviously, we mentioned fornication, then adultery, too. Like, what, what would be, from your standpoint, your perspective, what would be a way to remedy that? You know, to try to push that out and keep that hedged off from God's holy people. Well, I believe it's got to begin. Well, definitely we need revival. But, you know, um, man, I think it would begin with a lot of leaders in the church coming together on one accord. You know, it's got to be community based. It's got to be the responsibility of everybody, leaders and congregation alike. It's got to be in a place because, you know, of course, we're going to find something that won't come along. But we have to be separate to a place of, OK, Lord. We're taking in your words. We're believing what you're saying. And we'll come together as a community and live according to the word of God. And I think that all should be held accountable because that's what they were in those days. You, you remember when Peter got out of line, Paul came to check him, you know? Yep. And, and that's really what this whole thing is about. It's about the government of, of the church, you know, people coming back in full repentance and walking with the Lord, like he says, and, you know, not afraid to stand against sin. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, the other thing I wanted to bring up, bro, is when you see uh, today, a lot of the congregation influences the pastor. A lot yeah. of pastors are afraid to speak because they're afraid they'll lose their congregation, where in those days, man, it was no such thing. Hey, I'm mm -hmm. preaching it. If you want to walk out, walk out. But the bottom mm -hmm. line is, I am not going to deviate from what the Lord is telling me. So definitely you need strong, accountable leaders in play, selfless individuals that will stand on the word of God. And I believe from the top, it'll trickle down to the congregation for those who want to receive it. But that's what I really think that the shepherds, the gatekeepers, you know, those who are overseers, they have got to be rightly placed in the body of Christ to see change. And, and we definitely got to be on one accord. That's the other thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, if I'm against homosexuality and, and let's just say another <laughs> brother is for it, then there's a rift there. Somebody's not hearing straight. Yep. You know, and that's where little factions and sections form out and people form their own groups. Yep. And then you got the mess that you see today. Yep. Yep. And I totally agree with you, man. Even Jesus when um, he had a big following initially in his ministry, um, you know, everybody was running around after him for the miracles, the food, 
you know, even the teaching, they liked his profoundness. They they never saw somebody teach his, in the way he taught under the authority and inspiration of the spirit. But when he said, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood to a Jew, that was cannibalism. <laughs> and they were like, no way, <laughs> you're crazy. But he did that on purpose because he was clearing everybody out that did not have spiritual ears to hear and to, spiritual eyes to see and a heart that was willing to follow. And then I remember when he went to the 12 disciples and he said, you want to leave too? He was ready for them to go. But then Peter said, where are we going to go? Well, you have the words of life. So Jesus started over with 12 people where the Lord knows how many people he had following him at that time. But they all went their way. They all said, how can we hear a teaching like this? Who can hear this? When he said, you have to drink my, you have to drink my blood and eat my flesh. So even now where if you're a pastor, you're in ministry, any type of the fivefold ministry gifts or you're an elder and you have to bring a word of correction or you have to preach a hard message, it should be all right because we should love the correction of God. We have to get into a place, I believe, as God's people where we got to love his correction because mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a loving father correcting his children, mm -hmm. right? Because he loves us. But if we hate the Lord's correction and his commands are not burdensome, like Jesus said, his commands are not burdensome, but we find them burdensome. That means there's something wrong with our heart. Amen. You know, if, there, if you're if there's a minister, you know, listening to us today or in the future and you're kind of you want to tailor make your messages because of your congregation, you're being ensnared by the kingdom of darkness because some people need to be convicted. Conviction is a good thing. All of a sudden now we've made conviction like this thing where it's like, don't don't preach hard messages. Mm -hmm. And so many people are used to these messages where it don't it doesn't convict them doesn't move them to repent, doesn't move them to say, I got to get deeper and I got to draw closer with the Lord. Amen. So, you know, I believe we're in that time where God is raising up men of God. Um, and even, even our sisters preaching, you know, and proclaiming the gospel uh, to others when God gives them the opportunity under the right headship and under the right uh, kind of environment where they too can see that, there has to be a, a, a pointing out of sin. I mean, the Lord never, you know, the, the, the name of your ministry, sound the trumpet, that comes from Isaiah, you know, sound the trumpet, <laughs> spare not, right? Show Israel their sin, show my people their sin. And the reason God does that is so we can get right and he can renew us and restore us. Like I said before, sin will destroy you. It might feel good in the beginning, it might look good in the beginning. It might be great, but it will destroy you eventually. And it will ensnare you. It'll keep you in bondage. And it'll make you empty. You'll be a dry, you'll be a dry carcass eventually. It just, it takes time, but you'll get there. Mm -hmm. And the Lord is the one that waters our soul. He's the one that gives us the purpose of life. Not only eternal life he's given us, but he also gives us a purpose. Brother Derek said he's from Brooklyn. You know, that's why we relate to each other. New York was tough. Some of you people watching on Facebook, you know me. I probably sold some drugs to you. God forgive me. But I was lost. My mind was so dark and warped. And that's the thing. That's what sin does to you. It keeps you. It keeps you on this path of darkness. And you can't even see it. And that's why we're doing these, these, these short messages to tell you, hey, if you say you believe in God, you got to turn to him. 
you got to turn from sin. There's a turning. I know there's some people now that are saying that you don't have to repent. All you do is ha you have to believe on the name of Jesus that he rose from the dead and you shall be saved. That's one aspect of it. I believe that's one aspect. But there's also a turning. There's also a turning. Like I said before, the turning, the Jews knew they had a turn. They knew, the Israelites knew they had a turn. You have to turn from sin to follow Jesus. We got to turn from sin or the world and follow Jesus. And the world is very ensnaring, right? The word says that the lust of the eyes, right? The lust of the flesh and the pride of life. The pride of life is the world, what we want to hold on to. Do you trust your education more than God? Do you trust, you know, your family structure and your account more than God? Do you trust your material possessions more than Jesus? That's the question. That's the pride of life. That's part of the world. And it doesn't come for the father. It doesn't come from the father. It comes, it comes from everything that Satan has created in this world. So we just want to open people's eyes up and help them. If you are in the middle, if you're still in the clubs, you're still holding up Henny bottles, still, you know, still taking shots of Henny and you're taking pictures with the, with the brothers in the hood and all and saying, I know Jesus, you might not know him yet. You might not know him. And that's what we want to tell you. We're not telling you because we want to judge you and hammer you, but we want to say, hey, if you're following Christ, there's a new, you're a new creation. There's things that are going to happen in your life that are new and people are going to know it. You're not even going to have to say it or even tell people. They're just going to see it on you. And that's when you've been born again and you've been converted. And that's our goal as we bring these messages to people online, wherever you're going to watch this is, if you're following Jesus, you're going to eventually leave the world behind. And last question, Brother Derek, um, leaving the world behind, what does that look like? On the last note, what does that look like leaving, when you get saved, leaving the world behind, what does that look like? Some people say the world, like we got to, some people think of the world like, what are you telling me? I got to go and be a monk somewhere and not be relatable to people. Like, what does that mean to someone that's watching? Well, Even you know, though, like it says in 2 Corinthians uh, 5.17, you know, that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away and all things become new. And I believe, just like you said, bro, if a person is going to leave the world, then you definitely are going from one kingdom into another. So in that kingdom that you walk into that is in Christ, it's definitely going to be a difference in your appetite. It's going to be a difference in what you put your eyes on. It's going to be a difference in the kind of people you have around you. And even when it comes to even job or career, hey, if it's not suitable for the Lord, like, you know, imagine me being a minister, but I'm working in a strip joint, you know, it's just one of them things that you just don't do. It doesn't go. So I believe when it comes from going from one kingdom to another, four things have got to be effective. It's got to be one, your appetite. You know, um, two, it's got to be the company you keep. Three, as far as the, the the life that you have around you, it's got to be suitable for the Lord. You know, and four, you definitely got to spend time with God. So, you know, that's where I believe that the transformation takes place and definitely um, forsaking sin. You know, that's the biggest thing of all is to forsake sin and to walk with the Lord, rely on him for strength. And you definitely got to be careful with the people you have around you because, you know, they're from two different kingdoms. You know, let the truth be told. When you're born again, you're born of a new life. 
you have a desire, a sincere desire for the word, but I don't think you can sit around all day and watch rated R movies with cursing and all this and that going on in it, you know, and you claim that you've been touched by God because, you know, any Christian that has really come to the Lord has a consciousness of who God is now. So while you're sitting there watching all that mess, the Holy Spirit is right there next to you. The Lord is looking at you, you know, I know I hear cursing, you know, do you? <laughs> you know, so I don't think the Holy Spirit will leave you alone when you're really saved and you're watching all kinds of wild stuff, you know, and um, I know a lot of Christians that have tried to go back and, you know, look at some things from the world, but with the conviction in their hearts, it's like, man, I can't do it. You know, you feel dirty, man. You know, there, there's just something that's not right there. So I think that your appetite you know, will definitely have a change as, as far as what you have a desire for, you know, um, the company you keep, the kind of career or job that you choose, you're not going to compromise no matter where you are mm -hmm. or no matter where you're working and definitely time with the Lord. So I think when those areas are really covered, a person can truly say that they're, they're changing because there's no compromise in your life, Yep. you know, and that's really what I think it's about. Amen. Amen. If you've been watching our um, our short little message here, this is a time where you want to take your life seriously. And there's many that are passing from life to death. A lot of you, we're seeing this. You just look on Google, go to your main search engine and punch in died suddenly. And you're going to see just many numbers. You're going to see numbers. The increase of death in this society is, is, is increased. The word of God says that Hades, hell, Hades expands itself. Now that's a mystery in itself, but it's just showing that there's going to be more depths in life. There's a lot of people that we know, those watching that have passed away, whether of COVID and other things. Our life is not promised tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. If you're still playing games with the Lord, if you don't know God, know him today. Seek him while he still may be found. Don't waste time. Don't let distractions come upon you. Don't let unbelief come upon you. Just say, Lord, I need, I need to know you. Humble yourself. The Bible says if you humble yourself, God will exalt you in due time. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Humility and contrition, he'll meet you where you're at. And if you got struggles, trust me, he'll give you the power and the grace to fight against that and eventually leave those things behind. I, I dealt with addiction. I dealt with smoking weed for a long time. I loved smoking blunts and joints and I dealt with it. But when I had my encounter with the Lord, that left me and I have not relapsed. So that's all by God's grace. It's his power. His grace has nothing to do with us, but we got to be willing for him to do it. If we're pushing Amen, him away, <laughs> if we're pushing him away. I to bring up the Holy Spirit as well, man. You yeah. know? You got to get baptized and filled with the spirit also, man. Not That doesn't mean that you're not saved if you don't, mm -hmm. but the whole Holy Spirit will empower you to continue to walk with God. He is going Amen. to clean up your life. He's going to direct you and he's Amen. going to strengthen you to be able to wage a good warfare. So, you know, with the church, I think it does need to be given back to the Holy Ghost. I really do, man. You know, and I think that's where the church will be birthed. If it was birthed in Pentecost that way, then it'll be birthed that way you know, <laughs> after the fact. So 
Amen. Amen. I, I believe that too. The Holy Spirit is that is that thing in your life. He's that person that is going to change you fully. You can have an, you can come to the gospel, but when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, a lot of things change in your life. And you also understand, people also understand who they're supposed to be within the body. There's an anointing that comes upon you. There's a prayer life. You start praying with, with fervor and conviction. And also those struggles that you've had, if you're watching, they start fading away because now the spirit is poured out, you, it's poured out in you and it's an overflowing. There's an overflowing. And there was always a manifestation of the spirit speaking in tongues or prophesying. And when that happens, your life fully, it changes. Without the Holy Spirit, you're going to be dry. You're going to be dried up, especially now. I believe now more than ever, if you have not been baptized with the Holy Spirit as a Christian, now is the time to seek the Spirit of God and say, Lord, pour out your Spirit upon me. There's promises in the New Testament and the Old Testament that God is going to pour out his Spirit in the last day on all flesh. Be that all flesh. Be there. Position yourself. Align yourself to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. It's it's one. I think it's one of the most important things that we don't talk about as the body. And I believe it will keep worldliness out, too. It'll thrust us because the Holy Spirit in the world, he cannot be he cannot reside in that. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be a, a time where when you get baptized in the spirit, the zeal of your father's house is going to eat you up. Amen. That's it right there. The so, Holy Spirit is the main factor, you know, the main factor of the of the birth of the church and, and then you know all the other things we talked about the appetite will change you know the friends you'll have around you will be different you know you, you'll definitely move from one kingdom to another after the holy spirit baptism i agree amen, yeah. amen. anything else you want to leave with us brother derek before we close out uh not too much i just want to say to people out there if you're not saved come to jesus christ today while you can uh, don't play games with him. He knows everything. And he really wants you to keep it 100 with him so that he can do what he needs to do with you. He says, we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us of those sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if you're someone that believes to be saved and it's got to show in your conduct, it's got to show in your life. It is impossible to have an encounter with Jesus and not be changed. Yep. So, you know, if you know that that's you and you know that you're still living in sin, you need to pour your heart out to the Lord, confess your sins and make it clear to the Lord that you want to be free, to be delivered, to have an encounter, to walk in his spirit and to do what he calls you to do. That's my encouragement. Amen. Amen, brother. Thank you so much for the time. Um, for everyone that has been watching, thank you for watching. And we are going to definitely be inviting Brother Derek back and other men of God that are in the ministry, that are teaching the word of God in spirit and in truth. This is the time now where you don't need Joe Osteen and you don't need these guys making you feel good. You need the truth and the truth will set you free. That is the key right there. So God bless all of y'all for watching. Thank you. If you got any questions, reach out to me, reach out to Brother Derek, Brother Derek. Uh, you have your um, your Facebook, right? What's your Facebook handle? Yeah, my Facebook handle, it's Sound the Trumpet Ministries, um, okay. you know, website or, or, or page. Okay, uh, Facebook good. Page. So, yeah, good. I could even I'll give the links to you that could be put down or, you know, okay. they can reach yep. out to me. Yeah. Yep. 
We want to provide you with all the tools necessary. Get with ministers that are preaching the truth so you can grow in the word. You're not being stagnant. You're not keeping yourself a, a spiritual dwarf where you're not growing. You're just at one place. Like, I, like we said before, if you haven't been baptized by the Holy Spirit, you haven't had that experience, ask the Lord to do it. Ask him to do it. That's a promise that Jesus has given you. The Father wants to give you the Spirit. Jesus is the baptizer, and he wants to baptize you. That is his desire. Yes. And if you're not a Christian, get into the kingdom of God today, because this kingdom that we're seeing is shaking. The world is shaking, and that's because God is calling you. Thank you, Brother Derek, for the time. Definitely looking forward to the next time we get on, and we're going to be discussing different topics. Um, we're we're going to go in. Folks, we're going to go in on some topics. Today was the first day. Every week, we're going to go into some topics. But as this evolves and keeps going forward, the Holy Spirit is going to allow us to go deeper. So stay tuned. Looking forward to what this year has to bring and looking forward to you tuning in next time. Thank you very much and God bless. All right. You too, brother. We'll get All up. Right, be safe. Be safe. Bye-bye.